Welcome to our diversity and inclusion series, where we speak with leaders across multiple industries who really have owned their careers versus just renting them. In this series, we're asking executives to share their story and their career path to help inspire others on what it really means to own your career, especially for those of us with different backgrounds than the typical owners in our space. I'm your host, Tama Looney, and today I'm joined by the lovely Regina Campbell, who is the VP of Strategic Partnerships and Marketing at Cinemark. Uh, welcome, Regina. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you. Well, I am excited to get, to get some time on your calendar. I know it's been very busy. To get us started, would you mind just telling us a little bit about who you are and what it is that you do? Yes. Uh, thank you for sharing uh, my background. So I run partnerships marketing for Cinemark Theaters. So I get to work with an incredible team that oversees uh, organic social, social influencers, studio partnerships, gets to talk to the studios, the movie studios about how we bring their movies to life from a marketing perspective at Cinemark Theaters. F&B marketing, so getting to work with our incredible partners at Coca-Cola and other candy businesses, as well as our group events team. We do more than 10,000 events at our theaters, ranging from field trips to corporate events to church groups, um, as well as our theater marketing. So everything that goes up in a theater from a marketing perspective to how we bring our grand openings of theaters to life. And so it's an incredible group and our trailer marketing, um, all the trailers that play before the, the feature films. That is awesome. And when we met, I told you, you pretty much have the coolest career in the entire world. So tell me a little bit about it. I've seen uh, your history and your background. You have a lot of great diversity things from, from CPG and Dr. Pepper to Neiman Marcus. You have a great background. Talk to me a little bit about how you got to where you are today. Uh, I love this question because uh, I do not have a straight path of, of how I got to where I, where I went. Uh, my undergraduate is in media studies, and my parents both said, what are you going to do with that? And I went to graduate school at Boston University for television production. And I got out of school, and I had my first internship with the NBC affiliate, um, starting at 3 a.m., working to produce the news. And that was not uh, what I wanted to do. And I love the writing. I love the behind the scenes. And so I started at a small boutique healthcare IT company um, doing PR. And from there, it was just the right time where companies were getting into social media for businesses. And it was one of those things where it was the right place at the right time. And I've been so fortunate to work with really incredible women and mentors and leaders and so much of what I do is paying it forward for some of the breaks that I've gotten and the opportunities I've gotten. And so from that small healthcare boutique company, I wanted to move back to Chicago where I'm from and found an agency that was on site at Sears Kmart um, in the PR social space. And so I was on site while the rest of the agency was in New York with the vice president there, Beth Pagano, and got to work with her. And from there went to Kohl's and started social media there. And um, it was a really incredible opportunity because for social, companies really didn't know where to put social media. Um, I started in HR, uh, working on the recruiting and the employee HR, 
and then went over to the marketing side. And from marketing, got to work in PR and marketing strategy and always working with really C-level executives because social was such a, a different thing where you're talking directly with the consumers and there's so much liability in social of what we're saying when we're saying it in a very public forum. And so I always had really tremendous opportunity to work with senior leaders, most of which were female, and learned a lot about how to uh, present to senior level at a really young age, how they like to be communicated to, and also the power of working women. These women were all mothers, they were volunteers, and they had such a tremendous passion, particularly at Kohl's, um, where the company values are so key in everything that we do. Uh, had the opportunity to go to Essie Johnson and expanded beyond social into digital um, for the air care and pest control brands and got to work on you know websites and a little bit of CRM and doing some things beyond social. My husband got a job opportunity in Dallas and I got to work with the Dr. Pepper team as they were building out content marketing. Uh, which was another remarkable opportunity to, again, work for some tremendous female leaders. And then uh, really what's taken me on my current trajectory is there was an opening for a director social at Neiman Marcus. And I had been at Kohl's, I had done some agency side work at Sears Kmart, and Neiman's and the luxury retail space, uh, the team there is really you know, tremendous. And so the chief marketing officer at the time, Wanda Gerhardt Fearing, uh, she led a really great team. I expanded my purview um, into both uh, social as well as co-op advertising and selling all of the advertising to the brands at Neiman Marcus, uh, whether it's the book or other areas in, in working across all those organizations. Again, tremendous female leaders. Uh, I met my mentor there who still uh, Natalie Bowman, who's the managing director of Alaska Airlines, who still picks up my phone, uh, called whenever I, I need advice or counsel um, on anything from raging to how do I ask for a pay raise to how do I handle this um, question from a member of my team. And from there, Wanda Gerhardt Fearing left. I stayed at Neiman's and she created a brand new marketing organization at Cinemark Theaters of which we created a role similar to what I was doing at Neiman's, looking at both this partnership space as well as social and continue to grow sphere of influence um, and opportunities as I've been there. And uh, the theater space has been really tremendous. I mean, during the last 18 months of, there was probably few industries hit as hard as the movie theater industry. And what we've done is really, um, work to elevate what we're doing, both from a digital perspective, knowing our audience, as well as engaging with our studio partners in new and different ways. And so that has been really rewarding, really challenging, and really inspiring to be a part of. Thank you so much, Regina. That is quite a career path, especially for as young as you are. Um, and I think a lot of that is attributed to the fact that you had really good mentorship and leadership. And that is something that we, we can't put a value on, right? But a lot of the things that I see in your path are that you kind of jumped in and then you looked at what was around you and you changed it. And when we talk about owning versus, versus renting your career, it's not that renters are bad and owners are good. It is a total different perspective that I see. 
and people that kind of, I'm going to say jump up the career path. It's well earned, um, but you also are in a different trajectory than many other people in the same. And I think that in some ways comes to your mentality. Can you tell me a little bit about when you have a new role or a new opportunity or the fact that this was created for you and it's a new area? How do you look at things and how do you really dig in to figure out what is needed? Listening. Listening is, you know, the number one thing. And listening can be hard uh, in, in understanding both what is being asked as well as what can I bring to the table. And I've always felt like whether I'm a building a team or a part of a new team, that when you find the right people, the work will get done. Um, and I've never really been afraid of taking on a new responsibility because I know my passion for people or the team will come through as long as we understand what is being asked of us. How do we set objectives? How do we know what's what's happening? What's the history in this area? And not coming in and trying to bulldoze my way through, but really coming in and, and listening to see where I can add value or where I can, can, can add my skills. I've always felt like in my career, I've just been a tremendous project manager, meaning I can look at something and say, okay, here's the end result. How do we get there and back into it, whether it's establishing goals or timelines or check-ins and making sure that the communication for not just the working group, but all of the stakeholders is really clear and informed along the path because all of these teams have different goals. They could be long-term goals or, or short-term goals and celebrating those along the way and celebrating the teams that are, are doing that. Um, as a leader, I've always seen myself as support. And I, I will say that to the team that I get the, the privilege of working on. Uh, I, I try to refrain or from saying my team, right? Because the team is set to do work and their work shouldn't be diminished by the value that I get the opportunity to support them. And I try and instill that in my leaders too, because I think when the team say, this is what we get to accomplish together. And this person is here to support me, whether that's moving boulders, uh, getting them FaceTime with our executives, right? Our executives are super busy. And sometimes the greatest way that I can show appreciation or recognition for a job well done or work really um, well achieved is by saying, I'm going to get you lunch with my boss, our, our chief marketing officer, because her time is super valuable. And so I like to understand the different ways that the team members like to be recognized. I have people that would be mortified by a lunch with, with Wanda Gerhardt hearing. And I have people where they they have been preparing questions for the last month because they know that they're going to get this opportunity and they want to use it well. And so by being a leader that understands the dynamics of the team or when the team is really stressed or it's too much work, where I can come in and shift or help or move priorities, that's how I've approached new jobs and new roles. And it's with both feet and wide open ears um, to give that my best. Love it. One of the pillars of diversity and inclusion that I've seen over the years is how diverse perspectives inspire innovation. Can you tell me a little bit about what that word means to you and how you foster it for yourself and within your team? I love this question. I think it's a question more leaders should spend time considering. Um, diversity of opinions, of backgrounds, 
there, there's so much that goes into that and so much that I'm trying to learn and understand the potential biases I have from my own perspective. And I, I by no means think I'm a, an authority or an expert in this other than I want to do the very best for my team. And I want to have the, the most diverse thoughts, backgrounds, um, whether that's who we bring into a small group project, right? A lot of times it's easy to say, this is the group that I know gets things done and I'm going to give them all the same opportunities. And I find myself saying, no, I have to bring others in. I have to make sure that everyone's getting different stretch goals or stretch opportunities, as well as being really open in the interviewing process. You know, I think like many leaders right now, we all are trying to fill roles that, you know, either people may have left for, for new opportunities, which is so tremendous. I want to support everyone that's worked really hard that I've had the opportunity to work with. And as we are interviewing candidates, making sure that we're looking in other industries, um, people from other schools, um, to really grow those perspectives. And whether that is race, ethnicity, uh, uh, career paths, male, female, you know, however they, they gender identify, there are so many different ways to add diversity into the workforce, many of which that I'm still trying to listen and learn and understand so that I can improve my team um, by adding more diversity to it. You were chosen because you inspired me in the way I manage my own team now, for example. And you just made me think about this when I said my own team and I wrote it down and uh, underlined it. But you have... <laughs> You were chosen because you inspired me and the way I manage my own team. For example, I love your comment on leaving loudly to create space for your team to know that they aren't expected to not have families or lives outside of work. I would love to hear who or what inspires you. Ah, uh, I love this question. I've, I, I have been so lucky and fortunate to work with tremendous women who have inspired me along the way. And one of those, I, I call her my mentor, uh, she truly is, Natalie Bowman, um, really so much of what she does with her teams, I, I have seen and wanted to foster in what I get to do every day when I go into the office with the group of people I support. And leaving loudly is one of those, of being able to say, we all have so much going on in our lives. And certainly this, this time period during COVID that has been rebrought to the forefront of what else do we do when we leave the four walls of the office or our computer screens? And making sure that everyone understands that the expectation is that you have a rich and full life beyond those walls or those screens. And so I, like to make sure that the team knows when I'm leaving. I walk and do a little shoulder shuffle down the hall. Um, I, I like positive pop-ins to stop in and say, what are you working on? What are you doing? How can I help? Um, I, I want to make sure everyone knows that there is so much. And when everyone has a rich and full life and feels passionate, they're going to bring more to what they do at work. They're going to be more inspired. They're going to co-collaborate. They're going to think of other things. And it's important, you know, especially I'm preparing to go on vacation next week. And when I come back from vacation, as I prepare for vacation, I like to remind everyone to take their vacation. But what's important is 
that we have a team that supports us all when we're on vacation. I, I go on vacation and people step in for me and I step in for people when they go on vacation. And it's the thank you when you come back of saying, y'all helped me have this tremendous time away with my husband so that I can refresh and come back and support you in a better way than I went out. And so there's a lot of these little things that I think add to our team culture of just supporting each other, holding space for each other, especially when things get really stressful or really busy just to say, I'm there. And look, childcare is expensive. And this is one of the things you and I got to talk about when we were together. And I, I love this idea of, I have team members who are, who are parents and babysitters are expensive and childcare is expensive. And so saying, go to lunch with your spouse Take that time that you're already paying for someone to watch your children to just tune into you and your husband. And so some of those key just moments that we can celebrate or say, hey, I know you love to take walks. Have, have you had a chance to take a walk? Or, hey, you love to read. What are you reading right now? And when the response is, I'm not reading right now, oh, you're not going to like that, it's no, how do, I, how do I help you get that time back? What can I do to take something off your plate or how can I support you? And so it's all of those things of, of, I start my day by by going through each of my direct reports, understanding what's on their plate, how am I tuning in for them? And um, where can I help them? Have I asked them, you know, how are they feeling? Have I checked in with them in a meaningful way, not just on the work, but with them? And that, that's time consuming. That, that adds a lot into what I need to accomplish each day. And to me, it's really important because they are doing the critical work of getting the job done. And as I support them, the more I can be in tune to how they're feeling or what they're going through, the more we can accomplish our goals together. And that, that doesn't happen every, every day. I, I try to at least set my intention for supporting them every day. But in their their one-on-ones, walking through that, and there are some team members that want to address that differently. You know, when you can tell that they're stressed or something's on their mind, they they need some time to reflect, and then they can come back and have that conversation. And I have team members that, you know, if we can, I can say, hey, you didn't answer, you didn't answer that, or you made some choices that you wouldn't normally make. I can tell that you know something else is going on. Um, they can respond to that really well. And so really spending the time to understand each team member. And for me, it's really those direct reports that I spend a lot of time with and then that they're leading people. Um, I try to really focus on that with, with intention. What is your best tip for making the world a better place? I love this question. Making the world a better place. I'm going to go back to listen with an open heart. And I think when we listen with an open heart, and I love your question because it wasn't just a professional question. Making the world a better place is both personal and professional. And if we listen to others in what they're saying and also what they're not saying, uh, which can be as telling as what they are saying, I think our purpose or where we can add value really comes through. And so to make the world a better place, we're going to, I'm going to say, listen with an open heart. I love it. I love it. And I don't do enough of it, my friend. I don't do enough of it. Every day, intention. Why we, why we meditate. 
I know. I think I'll put that a sticky note on my computer to remind myself of that. All right. So last question. If you could step in my shoes, what would you have asked yourself that I didn't? I also love this question. I think I'm going to write these down for when I interview someone, like hot tips and tricks. Um, you know, I think, I, I think the advice that I give people, um, and it's funny, I, I had a, a, two former team members reach out to me yesterday asking to chat, is to say yes from a career space. And we, we talked about this a little bit about how I got to where I was. And a lot of those paths have been nonlinear, where I have said yes to people that I believed in, that I trusted, and trusted myself to do these things. And I think a lot of focus is on, okay, how do I get promoted? How do I make more money? But really thinking about how do I expand my sphere of influence? How do I grow my knowledge? I've always wanted to be a chief marketing officer for as long as I, as long as I've remembered, I wanted to run my own marketing team. And I've looked at every step along the way as an opportunity for me to grow my knowledge so that one day I could support someone as a chief marketing officer. And I can't have every single job in a marketing organization. I understand that, but I can learn from every single person in those roles on those teams that I've worked on. So I've made some moves that seem a little not direct on paper, but have expanded my sphere of influence or, or just my knowledge. And I've raised my hand to have uh, different dotted lines of people to report to. Um, I've reported to people, we've talked a lot about the incredible people that I've reported to, and I've reported to some people that I learned a lot from that I wouldn't put in the incredible bucket, but I tell people as they're either looking to become people leaders, right? You don't have to have direct reports in order to be a great people leader. We all start somewhere without leading people. And sometimes it's being intentional in meetings of saying, who does a great job leading people? Who doesn't do a great job with people? We all have had bosses that were like, well, could have done, could have been okay without that one. But I've learned the most from those instances. I've learned how do I want to lead? How do I not want to lead? Uh, what what I would have appreciated there or what I would have done differently if I could have gone back and told my younger self, don't get frustrated in this. This doesn't matter. You're here to do a job. Do your great job. Don't get so invested in this. Um, it's going to pass. And so there's a lot of, a lot of times that I, I make recommendations to people of saying, your next job may not exist on paper today. And that's what's exciting. That's always driven me is it's looking for what's next and building out a niche that doesn't feel like, oh, I'm going to be a, a manager and then I'm going to be a senior manager and then I'm going to be a director and then I'm going to be a senior director. It's where can I grow? And we spend so much of our time in the workplace, in the work setting, thinking about work, dreaming about work, all of those things how I'm gonna make the most impact when I'm away from my family and my friends and those other passions that I have. And so thinking about expanding sphere of influence, saying yes, as well as creating opportunities for ourselves that don't exist on paper. And that happens in a company that you believe in, right? And I've, I've had the great fortune to work at really incredible companies. And when you are passionate and dedicated 
um, as an employee, I think you can be really recognized and have people say yes for you because that's the other thing is we don't, we need those champions and those advocates. And so I pay it forward because I've had them and I, I want to continue to do that as well. I love it. Oh, so good. So good. I want to thank you so much, Regina, for joining us today and helping to continue to inspire me and our listeners as well. So we're looking forward to watching the great ways you continue to innovate and inspire your team. I also want to thank our audience for joining us. If you want to reach out to me directly, you can email me at tama.looney at globalpay.com. That's it for our diversity and innovation series for today. Tune in as we continue to talk to executives who refuse to just rent their careers and who inspire others to create their own paths, inspire innovation, and make our world a better place. Thank you again so much, Regina. Thank you.